Welcome to another episode of Hearts for the Lost, the podcast. This is Jimmy De Los Santos. I am coming to you from Dallas, Texas. And as always, I'm with my partner. This is Brian Nine from Indianapolis, Indiana. How you doing, Jimmy? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty good. You know, there's a cold front that came into Texas. We were having like 90 degree days, 95 up to 100 degree days here in May. Right? Like that doesn't bode well for the summer, man. I'm just like thinking, <laughs> but this weekend, a, a nice little cold front came in. It's like 68 right out there right now. And I'm surprised by that. I, I don't even know what to think about Texas weather, man. But, you know, uh, I'm feeling good about the, about the way the weather's going and things are, things are going good in Dallas. I think, you know, um, I get a couple of opportunities next week to hit the streets on next Friday and the Friday after uh, before we end up going to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, the week after that, I think we got three weeks before we hit uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. But how are you doing, Brian? What's what's going on with you? Doing all right. Well, um, as many know or don't know that uh, in May, uh, Indianapolis is a, a hot spot with the Indianapolis 500 coming up. Uh, our family does does the race uh, on Sunday coming up, and it was qualifying weekend, and we had some crazy weather as well. But I'm um, just getting excited. My boy's coming up uh, for the weekend and, and uh, going to go see some race cars go really fast. It's going to be fun. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> so uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, well, wait, we're recording this on the 23rd of May. It'll drop on the 1st of June. But a couple of like a, a Sunday and a half ago, we were at your church, right? A week from this Sunday that was yesterday. That's we right. Were at your church. I got to worship with <laughs> you guys in uh, Westfield, Indiana, uh, man, which was a blessed time. It was it was really great to see. Uh, some of the people I've met before and, and meet some new people uh, while I was there. Why, why was I in Indiana, Brian? Yeah, we had a little event uh, at, at uh, Noblesville Baptist in Noblesville, Indiana uh, on that Saturday. Uh, we had our first um, event of the year uh, there. And uh, man, it was great. Um, I think we had 78 folks that, that registered and 70 of the 78 uh, showed up. That, that was pretty incredible um, in, in our, our days. So uh, man, we had, we had, and not that the people and how many is important. It was just the fact that we had a lot of energy there. Um, uh, a lot of folks that were interested. I, I love the spread of the ages. Um, we had kids all the way up um, uh, to some mature folks uh, that just wanted to learn and actually go out and do. So, uh, man, it was exciting. I don't, that was from my chair. I was kind of running around like crazy getting things set up, but how did you see things, man? Well, you see, you know, I, I, you know what I saw is I saw the president just get a little stressed there. But you know what he did? <laughs> that president would be Brian Nine, by the way. I, I saw, uh, I saw him going to the right place, right? Uh, this is the thing. I can see the stress on you, Brian, because the, the the tech wasn't working at first, and so he said, "Hey, come come on, guys, we're gonna go over to the corner here and pray about this." So we went to the right place. We went to the Lord in prayer and said, "Hey, uh, you know, help us out." And as soon as we were done. Look up there. There's like a 13, 14 year old kid, maybe maybe a little older. I don't know that that's in the booth, and you're like, okay, it'll it'll get fixed, right? And so um, it did get fixed. We were able to, to play the videos, but from my perspective, again, I'm this is my first uh, time as a full fledged member uh, to be at a compelled conference and to give my part, do my part, um, and I was floored by the interaction by the by the uh, the audience or those who mm -hmm. showed up. Uh, what I saw was, as you said, the little kids, the kids that were there, the little, the young ones were taking notes. Yeah, that right? was cool. Um, that was cool. Right after my part, when I, you know, I had my, I had my parts of, uh, of, you know, uh, speaking parts, my, I guess, I don't know what we call a sermons. Uh, you know, I, I, I gotta say, we're, we're trying to teach evangelism. We're trying to, uh, and there's, there's 
you know, parts of the speech that you gave, Doug gave, I gave, um, I gave my part and there was an intermission afterward. I had, a, I had a, 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 someone come up to me and ask me a question. Hey, can you clarify something you said up there? Which was great. I'm, I'm glad to get the feedback. Made me actually want to go back and, and fix something in, in what I wrote because uh, maybe I didn't word it exactly right. But that's, that's great. Uh, I, I, need, I need that feedback. But I noticed that he had a ton of notes as well. Mm. Right. And so I was, I was excited um, because you see somebody that's interested in evangelism taking that many notes. Um, it, it, it kind of stokes the fire. It kind of gets <laughs> you going, right? And not, not just that, Brian. What, what I saw was we did the Q&A a little bit different than we have in the past. And it, we opened it up to the, to, to the people. Um, used to be that we'd read the standard, these are the kind of questions you get on the streets, and then we just kind of give the answer uh, and kind of lead the audience out. But this time, we took a mic out to the audience, and, man, they had some good questions. <laughs> Great questions. And, and, and what, it, what it really showed us is how engaged they were this time. And so, um, you know, I, I don't have anything to compare it to, but from my perspective, uh, every video that we played, every speech that was given, every uh, chance to show uh, application, because we did that as well. We showed a little bit of application here, um, how, how, how to approach somebody and give them a track, how to do a, a little bit of open air preaching, uh, this, that, and the other, you know. And so from my perspective, it was, it was great. And I think the people were giving us great responses. Um, they enjoyed what we did. And, uh, you know, even the, even the pastors there came to us afterwards and said, you guys are welcome here anytime. So I would say it's a success. You know, here I am, like, I'm, I'm one of the new members on the team. So I, I really don't have, <laughs> like, the comparison to, to give. But, but I will say I was excited, right, uh, to, to see how many people were interested in evangelizing. And then when we hit the streets, there was, there was more of us than there was people in the streets. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was great. like a mob, a mob that came <laughs> Took out over. to evangelize. And so it was really great to see that many people interested in, in spreading the gospel. Uh, so I was excited. Um, and I feel like we did some, you, we did some good work, um, ministry wise, God uses to, to, to what do we do, Brian, on this, on this podcast? What's our, what's our thing? Yeah, I mean, uh, you hit it, man. We, we try to get, get folks excited, right. Educate and equip, uh, believers to share their faith. And, and I know the excitement was there, the education, obviously, and, and they were equipped, uh, with different things to go out and, and try with us out in the street. Um, but the thing that, that I don't think we, do a good enough job telling other pastors about that. The pastor told me, he said, I was blown away by how much scripture you guys used. Most evangelism training comes in and teaches methods and talk tracks and all that, which we do some of that. But he said, I was blown away with how much scripture you guys used to back it up. So he was, he loved that. And I don't think we do a good enough job sometimes uh, making that, that, that point. Um, because it is, man, it's the word, it's a sword, right? It, it's what, uh, what we, and we use biblical principles. So, um, yeah, that, that was really good to hear from, from the pastor and the associate pastor. Um, that's, that's, and you know what it was, it was, uh, I think you did some, if the people don't know, you know, the, the hearts for the lost ministry has been around for like 15 years and Brian has just taken over as president. And so there's a few, a few things we're trying to do. Um, and I think the rest of the team knows this is no secret. We're trying to bring some of this into the 
21st century, right? And, and so what we're doing is, uh, you know, we're taking, we've, ta- we've already done that, taking the 1995 logo and moved it to 2021, 2022 now. And, um, you know, even some of the, the stuff that we're, that we're, the speeches that we're, we're looking to revamp and kind of continue to do that old saying, semper reformanda, always be reforming, always be making sure that your, that your presentation is working. And I think what we saw on last week when we went to Noblesville was a lot of that working for us and God using it uh, in, a, in, a, in a mighty way. Uh, so I was excited. I think it was a great time. Uh, but let's get to the topic at hand. I want to tell you something, though, Brian, before we get to the topic, I'm going to tell you this. I've been going to the chiropractor lately, right? I've okay. been going and, and he's been, you know, uh, doing some different things. And man, I'm telling you, I, I should have been going to chiropractor a long time ago. I'm enjoying <laughs> what they do. They, they, I, I walk out of there feeling like a new man every time. But I, I laid on that table and, you know, the guy went to go and I knew he was about to, to grab my, my head and just pop my, pop my neck a little bit, you know? And um, before he did that, I said, man, this is the part that scares me the most, right? This is what I told him. And he said something to me that I found very interesting. I think pertains to the subject in hand that we're going to have today, right? This is what he said to me. Hollywood has not done us a service or has done us a disservice in this area. I said, what do you mean? He said, they make it seem like it's so easy to, 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 to break someone's neck, right? And he said, your neck is one of the most durable places on your body. It would be, it would be really hard for me to break your neck by just you know, taking it and popping it. And the thought hit me that, well, that, is sure, that sure is like something that's, that's prevalent, I thought, because I've seen so many movies where somebody's neck got broken uh, just by you know, a little twist of the neck or something like that. And I think we sure do take some of the things that we hear and, and like make or see in the movies or television shows and, and almost think that's reality when it's not, it's something false. Right. And, and so it, it feels like, you know, truth when it's not. Mm-hmm. And so what we're talking about today and why, why I think that little story pertains is we were talking about scripture. We're talking about the word of God. Right. We're talking about when, when people on the street come up to you and question whether or not the Bible has any authority, right? When they look at you and say, Shit, yeah, I don't believe the Bible. And so that's, that's the question. That's the subject that we had today, questioning the Bible. Last, last month, we had questioning God. This time, we're, we're going to kind of try to tackle questioning the, the Bible. Uh, and Brian, right off the bat, what do you do when someone comes up to you and says, yeah, I don't believe the Bible is the word we uh, a, a book we should pay attention to. Yeah, and, and first of all, let me let me tell you what I don't do first, um, which I've seen before, and most of them will say, "Hey, throw your Bible away. Let's meet on neutral ground." And and Dr. Anthony Silvestro said this last week, and I I, I want to re up it a little bit. Is um, for one thing, I don't throw the Bible away. Um, I, I will use it. Uh, it, it is our authority. It is our sword. It's the, it's the one, um, of the armor, right. Of God, this is our one offensive weapon. I guess you could use a helmet of salvation as a headbutt, but, um, for the most <laughs> part, the sword, uh, is our weapon, the word of God. So, um, I, you know, the, the doubters are going to come and that's, we're going to, we're going to break this down, uh, into three kind of key areas, right. The, the doubting of God's word, the, the twisting of God's word and, and, and the adding to or taking, taken away, um, but when they come at me, uh, first of all, you know, you got to think about it. They're, they're going to come at you uh, with challenges. They're, they're going to they don't want to uh, uh, abide by the word of God. And if they 
haven't had the spirit uh, crack their heart and be transformed, um, they're not going to understand it, right? That the, they're um, it, it is going to be foreign and folly uh, to those who are perishing. So uh, again, not so much debating or want to win a fight on the Bible. We, we we go back to the gospel to crack their heart. But again, one thing I don't do, and, I, and you don't do, and I, I know. Um, is we don't throw the Bible away. There is no such thing as neutral ground. Uh, Dr. Jason Lau says it greatly. He says we're either for you know for him or, or against him. Uh, there there is no neutrality uh, when it comes, and they're not not standing on their 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 uh, you know worldviews. Uh, so we should stand on our biblical worldview and hold firm uh, not only to the authority of the word, but the reliability and and you know everything that, that it is and designed to do. Cause you know, the word won't come back void. Uh, all the promises in the word uh, give us confidence um, that it, the word will do what the word does. That's good. That's good. You know, um, I, I like I like that. Right. One of the things I think that we need to do as Christians, and if you're listening to us, mostly, most of the, most of the people that are, are probably listening to us now are Christians. And so, uh, they're interested in how to evangelize. One of the things that we don't do is to, well, like you said, throw it away, right. And use and not use it at all. And there's people that will tell you, you can't do circular reasoning and use the Bible to prove the Bible. And I Ray comfort had that old quote that you, how do you know the president lives in the white house? You look in the white house to see right. that it's there and the same kind of, same kind of deal. But on the other, on the other end of that, we fill ourselves up with the word. So that so that we know these places, but we don't have to give chapter and verse. I'm going to tell you, if we can use the Bible and the scriptures in a conversation that that are used in context, they won't even know you're quoting the Bible. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? They won't even know you're quoting the Bible. Uh, Not that I'm trying to hide the Bible away, but it's effective in that way. And they'll hear you and they'll say, you don't know how many times I've I've. uh, quoted some scripture and they're like, man, those are powerful words. Yeah, I know. I got them from the Bible. Mm -hmm. Right. But here's another thing. When I do get to the place and I've had this response before Jesus said, Oh, you're talking about the Bible. Yeah. I don't believe in the Bible. (laughs) Right. And I, I, when I hear that, I I, want to give them, man, if I, if I could just memorize the Vody Bauckham quote, (laughs) <laughs> that 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 is if i could just get it down and and you know i should i should try to memorize because it's such a great quote uh, although sometimes i i think you know this is a little deep brian you got that quote handy don't you i do and and, and you've watched and we're going to post the 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 link to this talk why i choose to believe the bible by Vody bach was absolutely revolutionary for me uh and how um to help me in, in this area and, and basically he says where did he get it from he stole it uh from second peter 1 16 through 21 um, but he came up just again, and it's um, expository apologetics as well, uh, but a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses in the lifetime of other eyewitnesses that report supernatural events that take place in fulfillment of specific prophecy and claim that their writings are divine rather than human in origin. That is why I choose to believe the Bible. <laughs> That's good. That's <laughs> that is good. awesome. I mean, yeah, it no, is. It, it nails it. Everything right there. You know, and and if you go, it, we'll we'll put the like you said, we'll put the link for that talk that he gave on this particular subject in the show notes, because it's so important for somebody to go listen to that particular talk that Bodie Bakken gave, because he breaks down that statement using scripture, so where he got it from and how, and and so a lot of times we don't even look to say it's a collection 
of mm. historical documents, these things actually happened, right? Yeah. And and so, you know, when I grew up, Brian, we used to tell people, when we used to talk to people, because the Bible says so, <laughs> that was that was our like pat response. And you know what they'd look at us and roll their eyes like, yeah, you got nothing stronger than that for me. Vodibachan gives you strong something stronger than, well, just because the Bible says so, just <laughs> to be because the Bible is, because some people won't accept that. And so we have to go a little deeper. And I think that's one place, a resource that you should go that if you're listening, you should go listen to it. Because I'm telling you, you, me and you both agreed. And you know what? We didn't study for this together, though, Brian. Right, right. No. Me, me and you probably listened to that sermon recently, just preparing I, for this. Well, I wrote this down, man. This is so good. He said, OK, so think about this, man. It was written over approximately 1600 years. Yeah. Over 60 generations, 40 plus authors, all walks of life. Right. Fishermen, politicians, general, all that over three different continents in three different languages on hundreds of controversial subjects. Yet when they brought together absolute harmony from beginning to end, there's no other book in history to compare to the uniqueness of the Bible. And, and Oh, by the way, didn't have Google or the internet back then. So it, <laughs> it was pretty, you know, um, it, it's just amazing. There's no doubt. Uh, yeah. It is inspired by the Holy spirit. Yeah, that's good. And I, I like that you said that because uh, if you think about other what they would quote unquote call sacred writings like the, the Quran. All right. And you look at the Quran, that's one person, right. right? What you have is over 40 plus authors over 1500 years. You're talking about the congruency of the Bible and how well it goes together and how you can, you can go from Genesis to revelation and it proves itself out. There's so much we can talk about in that area. And we will, again, we've talked about this before. We're going to end up having an 8.1 like we had a 7.1 last month, mid-month. We're going to do another one. We're going to have another guest on uh, for that particular episode so we can get a little deeper into some of those things. But like you said, we're going to cover some some basic things I think that that are important. Doubting. Let's start with doubting. Um, where do we get, you know, that that people doubt God's word? Why, you know, why do they doubt God's word, Brian? Well, you know, you know it started, uh, I don't know how long ago. Oh, yeah, in the garden. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know... Let's yeah. go back to Genesis three, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. the fall uh, one and four, I'm, I'm just going to read it. Uh, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And then jump to four. But the sermon said to the woman, you will not surely die for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So for me, the, the, the initial lie, which man, has been going on for 2000, plus, right? How many thousands of years is, did God actually say? So doubting, putting that doubt uh, uh, into that word is, is kind of the slippery slope, that first um, leaven that goes into the bread that, that uh, man, that, did God actually say it is yeah. huge in doubting God's word. Yeah. Be, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, Jesus used to say. <laughs> I like that you used the reference about the leaven uh, mm -hmm. that goes into the bread because a little leaven leavens the whole lump. A little lie becomes, a, becomes big in the story. And so Satan, right from the beginning, um, that old snake, mm -hmm. first thing he did was place doubt in the mind of Eve uh, to let her think, you know, did he really say that? Satan's still doing that today through the culture. Right, through through media. What I what did I tell you about about the, the neck thing? I actually <laughs> sat there thinking this guy could actually break my neck in the chiropractic chair. And he straightened me out a little bit by telling me, Man, 
it, it take a lot of force for me to break your neck. Uh, it's not like Hollywood says. And, you know, that's just the thing that happens to us, right? We see some things like that. And we just kind of add them or, or think in our minds that's the way it actually is. Um, but Satan's a master at deceit and mm-hmm. getting you to believe some different things. Just take a look at the culture today. I have a few examples that I want to give. Big one, big one, big one that we see right now that has undermined a lot of biblical um, teachings is evolution, Right. I believe evolution to be a lie, right? A lie of the devil that uh, started off by, by, you know, undermining God's creation, God's creation account. You go to Genesis 1 and, and Genesis 1 and 2, and you can see God's narrative on how he created everything. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is God stating, this is how I did it, right? And telling us how he, he called those things from nothing into being, right? He said, let there be light. There was light. But then you've got evolutionists that will say, no, 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 there was a big bang and nothing became something. <laughs> and so it, the, the, the impossible, the, you've used that before, Brian. I've heard you say, so you believe the impossibility that nothing became something. The scientific impossibility, by the way. <laughs> because, because you'll get that on the street, right? Oh, I believe in science. I don't believe in the Bible. Well, you can't have science without the Bible. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I no, that's good. I mean, I've heard, right? you, I've heard you use it and I'm, right. I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to say, okay, so you're telling me that you believe the scientific impossibility that nothing becomes something. <laughs> right. And this is the thing. It's, it's just an outright lie that people have begun to believe. And you'll get some staunch advocates of evolution so staunch that they'll sit there and say, I'll die on this hill of evolution right we came from we morphed we we changed from one thing to this right and and so we we touched a little bit on the episode with dr silvestro on the finches stayed finches right they were still finches you're going to tell me the beaks changed a little bit right me and you got different sized noses brian does that make us not human <laughs> i mean come on right and so um i believe that that the enemy has gotten a foothold on young people uh, who want to believe that there was no, there is no God. We got here through evolution. And I think ultimately the thing is they love their sin. They want to stay mm-hmm. in their sin. They don't want to be accountable to a God that created all things. Right. So they're willing to believe the lie. Right. But next thing, right. And this is prevalent today in the beginning, God created them male and female. He created them. But you've got people now that won't even define what a woman is. <laughs> so, so they 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 want to tell you that that well, you know, um, we on Mother's Day, how many how many mothers? There was so many that were saying, well, birthing people, birthing people, birthing people, mm-hmm. and you're you're sitting there going, why are they trying to shove this lie down our throats? Only women can have babies, and so this one man and one woman account in the bible which is what god has set forth right um versus what the world tells us is hey it could be one man one man it could be one woman one woman it could be you know what in some parts of the world there are three guys getting married (laughs) you know and i don't know how that works brian i have no idea how (laughs) uh, uh, uh i i heard a story a while back of a woman in paris marrying her cat (laughs) and and so this is the thing the world wants to tell you 
that, hey, this is the way marriage is, or this is what we're, we're going to redefine this. And we're going to lie to you, right? They're lying to you. They're causing you to doubt what God's word says about the way marriage is. Mm. And so uh, that's another one that I see. Um, and the last example that I have is the, the life versus abortion debate, right? The world wants to tell you that it's not murder, that it's just a clump of cells, that it's not life. And this is a big lie. This is a huge mm. lie that, that is, that is uh, responsible or that, that particular idea is responsible for the murder of millions and millions of babies. Mm. And so this is a huge lie that, that the enemy has put forth to make you doubt God's word. But the Bible's clear. We were made in the image of God. We were created. He knit us together um, before he put us in our mother's womb. He knew us. He formed us before he formed us. And so I, I mentioned this uh, when we did a solo cast episode on, on overturning uh, uh, Roe, um, that God, that, that life begins in the mind of God. Mm. I believe what the scriptures say, that life begins in the mind of God, not at conception. Mm. If he knew us before the foundation of the world, that's where life begins. And so let's, let's not, let's not, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this scientifically, you know, the scientists are going to say, truly, there's a lot of scientists out there that say life begins at conception and yet people want to have their way. So they're going to say the, the Bible doesn't say that, or the Bible's lying. They want they want you to doubt God's word on that thoughts, Brian. Yeah. I, I would say, man, you nailed it. And, and a few things. Uh, one was, man, I took me back to G3. Uh, was Steve, Dr. Steve Lawson and what he preached on. And he kind of expounded upon the foreknowing uh, of us before the foundation of the world. And not just that he knew about us, but it's that, that, that loving, intimate, no, right. The, the foreknow foreknew uh, is that intimate, like the husband knew his wife and, and the, to know someone is complete knowledge and, and the loving relational knowledge of us. And man, that just put it, put it in. And, and I think for, for me, uh, one of the biggest comebacks or, or uh, doubting statements typically is, man, it's just a book written by men, old Jewish, you know, peasants didn't know English, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, you know, so basically I've come up with one thing that's pretty, 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 it works and, and it's pretty true. I mean, it's, it's a visualization, right? So it's not completely accurate, but it's close. Um, so I have the person in front of me. And if you, if you got a pen, do it. If you, if you don't fake it, if you're driving, imagine it. But, um, you know, just take your pen and, and on a piece of paper, write your name. Right. So, Jimmy, go ahead, man. Pretend like you're writing your name. Right. 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 Who or what was responsible for getting your name on that paper? Was it you or the pen? Jimmy, who do you say it was? It, it was me. It was me. Neither. It was me. I told you what to write. <laughs> so that's like the Holy Spirit, right? Use okay. man, use pen, use his own, okay. his own personality, his own person. But the Holy Spirit told them what to write and is responsible for what came out of that pen using man and pen. So it just helps it. And, and that's where the, the backing comes. It kind of puts them in their tracks a little bit, uh, gets a little um, uh, uh, stalemate on, on that uh, objection. Um, but that's really, you know, it, it's not just men. Yes, he used men. Uh, but it's the Holy Spirit, and that's where all the other uh, evidence and facts come up. But um, that, that's usually my number one. It's just, man, it's just written by men, you know, but um, that's kind of where we come up with some of our, our comebacks and, and help. 
in Vodi's in Vodi's uh, sermon, he he mentioned that when they say it was written by men, he said, "Well, throw out every other book you have, right?" <laughs> and we've heard we've heard that before. I've used that as well. Yep, uh, it's a good one. But I, I, one last thing on the doubting, on the doubting God. So, for all, for everybody that's listening, that's you know is a Christian wanting to know more about evangelism. This is where this is where the rubber meets the road for your faith, right? If there's something in the Bible you have a question about you need to talk to your pastor, your elder and get it straight. Right. If there's a question that comes up, God's not afraid of the questions. That's, that's one of those things. Um, there are no errors in the Bible. Are there mistakes in the Bible? Yeah. When Adam and Eve ate from the fruit, that was a mistake. They shouldn't have done that, but it, but there's no, <laughs> there's no inconsistencies in the Bible. There's a, there's no, uh, there's no places where uh, it doesn't agree with itself. You just got to know the full story. Uh, to be able to reconcile any kind of doubts that you have. That's why you should go to your pastor. But I, I would, I would say there's, there's a lot of people that want to just say, okay, there's some things I, I don't agree with. You need to trust the word of God. Mm. We call the, 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 the word of God, our authority. And yet sometimes we don't want to adhere to what it says or believe what it says, because it seems like it's not like it, like it can't possibly be. How can a, da- how can a donkey talk, <laughs> you know? You, you think about that. Balaam's donkey spoke to Balaam, right? And God did that. If, if God's super, hey, you know what? Look around you. How does the sun come up every morning? You know, of course, we know that it's stationary. I'm just saying, this is, this is a miracle. That if God can do that, why couldn't he make a donkey talk to Balaam? Mm-hmm. And so the, the questions that sometimes people have or doubts that they have about the Bible, you need to put your trust in Christ and know that his word is solid. Right. It's our sure foundation. All right. And, so, and I would say, I'm sorry, babe. I want to, <laughs> two things. One, um, one that kind of got me a little bit, but I was just, Hey man, I'm going to trust and believe, but like the ark, how did all those, how did they fit on the ark? Right. Well, first of all, it's not all the animals, it's all kinds. So, you know, you just have dog kind and cat kind. You don't have all different breeds or species. So that helped. But um, secondarily, I actually um, and Truth Matters Conference was just down at the Ark uh, this past week and, yeah. and a lot of social media and saw some sp- speakers there and, and MacArthur and, and Justin. P. And it, it was great. Um, but I, Jane and I, uh, my wife, Jane, and I were actually able to go down to the Ark. Um, man, it, was, it wasn't too long ago. And I'm telling you, man, it is. A, if you ever anywhere close to Kentucky, um, get to the Ark uh, encounter. It just puts it in perspective of. Yeah, there is no doubt. Absolutely. Life size based on the, the dimensions of the Bible um, and, and every indication um, that, that, yeah, there's, why, why, why did I even doubt um, that, you know, God's word? But it really helped me visually. And it's just amazing uh, presentation to help with that. And then the second one for me was Jonah in the belly of a big fish. Right. But man, go to Jesus. Jesus referred to Jonah as a true story. It, it didn't use it as a parable, didn't use it as a narrative. Um, so that pretty much sold the deal for me uh, early on uh, on that one as well. So, yeah, yeah. just no, just keep I, I searching. Like you said that. I mean, I, you're gonna you're gonna keep on doing that to me. The where I want to come back and say, <laughs> remember what Jesus said in John chapter five, right? How can you believe me if you won't believe Moses' words? Right, right. And he right. he verified or he stood on the authority of what was scripture to them. Right. The Old Testament was already in place when Jesus was walking here. That's why he read the, from the scroll of Isaiah. That's why he referred to Moses' writings. Uh, listen, so 
that that's already in place. And Jesus stood on that. I stand on too, because he is my savior, right? Amen. If you're a Christian listening to this and you should know if Jesus said, Hey, Moses writings, that's a real deal. You should, you should like, listen to that. Yeah. That, let's, yeah that's good enough authority for me. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about twisting scripture. <laughs> what is, what is twisting scripture Brian? I, I, if somebody's listening and says, what, what do you mean twist scripture? What is that? possible what could that possibly be? yeah there's 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 some examples in there but the one that i thought of when we talked about this not too long ago um preparing um or at least throwing down what kind of the general format of what we're going to do i instantly went to satan uh, well, interesting satan in the garden satan in the desert with, with jesus um but but satan in the temptation of jesus right um i, I see satan and, and the devil uh you know the first one uh, you know, tempt him, you know, the tempter came and said to him, this is uh, Matthew four. I'm going to start in three, uh, verse three. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And on the hand on their hands will bear you up, lest you strike their foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And then he does it again. So I, I see Satan and the devil once again twisting scripture out of context, and Jesus using scripture, Deuteronomy pretty hard, right back at him, uh, uh using scripture uh to uh define scripture. So that that was the the big one that came to me uh, on Satan again uh, doing what he does, uh, the deceiver, right? Um, trying to you know tempt Jesus in the desert. You know, I want to I want to bring us a, um, a quick quote from um, John MacArthur. This is what he says on the scripture twisting. He said, "A cult is a religious movement that claims to be a Christian group, but that deviates significantly from or outright denies the teachings of Scripture and." the historic creeds on crucial points. These groups develop their doctrine through a combination of scripture twisting and extra biblical revelation. We're going to touch on extra biblical revelation here in, in, in a few minutes, because I think that goes in the same place as adding to or taking from, which is going to be our last little subject. But with the twisting of scripture, I also want to read this, uh, this out of second Peter three uh, verses 15 and 16. And this is what it says and count the patience of the Lord, of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them on these of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do other scriptures. Mm. Now, this is the, the thing. They can be ignorant, they can be unstable, but when they twist scripture, they're doing it to their own destruction. And, and one of the things that we need to be able to discern as uh, Bible believers, Christian, we need to be able to discern the truth from error. And we need to be able to see when someone is taking scripture and twisting it. Brian, mm. what do you think when somebody takes Malachi 3 and says, well, a man rob God? You know, I, I, this is one of the things that I, I, I'm very, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very uh, clear on this, right? Well, from my perspective, when I read that, they're taking that scripture out of context, right? They're twisting it to their own ends, trying to line their pockets. Mm. There are prosperity preachers that will, will use 
that they'll use the proverb that says the Lord, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and adds no sorrow with it <laughs> as a, as a, as a way to make you think that if you come to Jesus, you'll be rich, right? They're twisting the scripture to their own ends. And so when, when I see something like that, I'm quick to, to say, Hey, hold on, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Preacher, man. All right. Let me, let me just tell you something. When, when I hear a prosperity preacher, take scripture and, and take it out of context and try to use it to their own ends to make uh, their pockets full. This is a classic thing that you'll see in, 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 in uh, the name it and claim it movement, the, the sow a seed kind of thing. Uh, and it gets me that they would take scripture and use it to their own ends. Mm. Scripture um, we are to, we're, we're to use in a, in a God glorifying way. Right. And I, I just, there's one, that's one of the twisting of scriptures that really gets me the most. Cause that's where I came from. I came from that charismania mm. kind of idea, the prosperity preacher kind of idea. And I came out of that knowing there's something wrong, something wrong with that. Right. Well, and, and not only twist it for the, for what they say, the positive, right. For, for whatever they want to pluck out and, and proof text uh, for, for positive. Um, I, I think twisting for um, the negative as well. I, I mean, I think you can twist, and, and what I, I kind of came up with uh, contradictions, right? I, I know some people come ah, the Bible is just full of contradictions, right? How can I believe something? And so my first question back to the person that's saying that is like, okay, give me one. Oh, uh, there's many. <laughs> no, okay, just give me one. If there's many, you've done a certain, you know, you're, you're, not, you're putting your eternal decision on this one fact. You must have done some study, right? Most times they don't have any, um, but they will twist scripture. And, and the one that gets used a lot um, is, is the sign that's over Jesus' head at, at his crucifixion, right? Because if you read the different uh, 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 accounts from Mark and Matthew, like Matthew uh, says, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews, Matthew 27, 37. And Mark seemingly contradicts that with the King of the Jews in 1526. Luke says something a little different. This is the King of the Jews in 2338. And John maintains a sign read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Right. So if you're trying to find different things that could seemingly look like contradictions, but if you there is no contradiction, if the sign simply read, this is Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews, all four can be correct. And you got four different men. This kind of goes to if this was all made up and corroborated. Right. And, and, and everybody had the same exact thing. That's the first thing police and, and, and detectives when they got multiple witnesses, if everybody's telling the same story, something ain't right. Right. So. Each man is going to tell a little bit, but you kind of take the different facts and put it together. So that's just one um, example. But, you know, one thing, if you get a chance, um, you know, Anthony is part of Striving for Eternity Ministries and Andrew Rappaport is also, he wrote a book, a systematic theology book called What, what Do We Believe? And he has a great chapter in there on textual variance. I know it's going to sound very scholastic, but basically when he broke it down, and, and, and some of the what looks like some mistakes in the Bible, really most of that 75% are spelling errors. Um, when you go back to all the different manuscripts, there's 138,000 words, unique words in, in the Greek New Testament. Okay. And that's over 65,000 manuscripts worth. But 75 of those are, are spelling errors. You can throw those out, just transcribal errors. 19% are not even meaningful to the meaning of the text. And then 5% are meaningful, but not viable. But there's less than 1% that actually is meaningful and viable, but still, if you look at other pieces of scripture, uh, does not contradict. So that's really 66 words out of 138,000 
that we've got to even deal with uh, that, that should be. Um, so the reliability of the Bible is the most reliable piece of, of, of written work works with multiple books uh, on the history of the planet. It's why uh, you're telling me that CNN or MSNBC, aren't, they don't have their people out there daily over the last how many thousands of years. They're trying to disprove the Bible. And no, not everything in the Bible has been proven yet, but nothing found to date has disproven anything in the Bible. That's good. That's good. So another area I think where um, people, so I, I talked a minute ago about um, prosperity preachers twisting scripture, but you know, I, I noticed one day when I went out to lunch with some coworkers uh, that the, the waitress had Philippians 413 tat- <laughs> tattooed on her, on her arm. <laughs> And I, I asked the question, um, you know, why do you have Philippians 4.13 tattooed there? And she says, well, it's my favorite verse. It talks mm-hmm. about how uh, I can do all things. I can, you know, do this or do that. You know, they, a lot of sports teams uh, or a lot of athletes and guys that, you know, want to build a fortune or want to do this. I can do all things through <laughs> Christ who strengthens me. And they'll take that and they'll not see that Paul was talking about, hey, I've been rich. And I've been poor, right? But I've always known how to be content. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And they don't want to add that context to it because it doesn't play with their narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, I happened to ask that waitress when she told me that, that it was her favorite verse, what's your second favorite verse? And she gave me a blank stare. Mm-hmm. And she actually looked like she got kind of upset with me uh, because the fact of the matter is she didn't really know scripture. That just sounded good to her. <laughs> and so she took it and she... <laughs> And she made it her own. This is this is another example of twisting scripture to your own ends, mm-hmm. making it something that you want to hear. I had the same kind of issue with Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, when uh, people take that that verse and they don't read the rest of the chapter to try to understand the context of it, but uh, apply that to their own lives and say, uh, "This is this is how I see God. He has good plans for me." The focus of that being me, selfishness, kind of kind of ideal, right? Instead of focusing on god and glorifying his name mm-hmm. um and that's that's what all of scripture is intended to do to show us who we are um sinners in need of a savior and to, and to glorify god as the one that we we should run to right mm-hmm. we should we should cry out to our father in heaven in repentance and trust in his in his son jesus christ uh, as our savior and uh, a lot of times i think People twist these things to their own end. They look at the scripture as a means to get to get power. It reminds me of the book of Eli, uh, <laughs> that movie where that man was trying to get that Bible because it had a lot of power and he wanted to wield that power. And so some people will, will take scripture and want to do that with their to their own ends. Um, thoughts, Brian? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 the one that gets me on the street as well. Those, those are good ones, man. And I see. I call it bumper stick theology, right? Bumper sticker theology or t-shirt theology, right? They got those, you know, what I can do uh, uh, theology on there. But the one that I hear probably the most on the street is, but, you know, whether we're preaching the gospel or um, using the law uh, and evangelism, but, but didn't Jesus say, judge not that you may not be judged, judge not, right? Judge not. (laughs) <laughs> you know, as, as Bodhi says, just keep reading, man. You got to keep reading. Yeah. And, and, you know, we are called to judge, but only after we take, you know, the plank out of our own eye um, to get the speck out of your brothers, do it in a, in a manner of res- restorative uh, uh, as well. 
but uh, you know that is clearly um, not uh, in scripture. And then uh, you know, well, it's in there, but you got to keep reading. It's it's out of context. Again, could be twisted. Uh, and then and then you know the one that I hear a lot is God is love, and, and you know He is. And and Anthony last last month said, you know, basically you can't just take one. You can't take Jimmy's beard and explain that you know the man with the beard. You got to talk about all his attributes. And man, that was so good. Um, just about, you know, and if you keep reading first, John, God is love, man, it's talking about the propitiation It's talking about, you know, you know, he showed his love for us, you know, like Romans five, eight says while we're still sinners, you know, Christ died for us. So, uh, that love is in his act of sending his son, uh, to die and, and, and to be, you know, buried and risen again, sit at the right hand so that we, uh, if we repent and believe, can put our faith and trust in Jesus alone for our salvation. So that, that's how he loves us. So, um, in that in that context, so I think those two for me uh, in the twisting uh, get twisted a lot um, for someone's own again, kind of like the doubting, but twisted for their own gain um, yeah. in whatever position they're taking. Yeah. All right, let's move to that last little subject. So we did doubting, we did twisting. Uh, we're now at adding to taking from the Bible, and uh, I want to start us off by by uh, uh, talking about what it says in Revelation. Mm-hmm. 22 18 and 19 here's what it says i warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book if anyone adds to them god will add to him the plagues described in this book and if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy god will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book now i read that just as 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 this one thing look this is dangerous, a dangerous game you're playing when you want to take pieces of scripture and say, let's add to that because it does, it just doesn't seem to be uh, all there, or let's just take away some, because I don't like what that says, right? There's a lot of people that would want to do away with uh, Romans chapter one, because it, 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 it's condemning in the, in the fact that it's, it, it talks about God left them to their own ends, to mm. their own destruction, uh, and there are some, uh, even with e- within evangelical circles, uh, that would like to do away with Romans nine because of what it says about about election, hmm. right? And so <laughs> there's there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of uh, you know you got to take the Bible as a whole. You can't lift out the pieces that you don't like uh, and, and add to the pieces that that you kind of like. But if they were a little more full, you know, you 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 you'd like that, you know. So. Um, you got any examples of that, Brian, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, we run into it with the cults, right? Uh, Jehovah's, um, witnesses, um, obviously get into John one, they they've added, uh, to scripture. Um, you, you go to the Mormons, um, they, uh, they will add not only in scripture, but they will add books to the books, um, with, and obviously, um, Roman Catholicism adds the Apocrypha. So, I mean, it, there are um, the cults that add, but yeah, it, it's, uh, we even have some, um, you know, uh, some pastors now, you know, you know, I'm, I'm here, you know, unhitched from the old Testament, which is just, <laughs> you can't, uh, you know, so I can't, I can't imagine him saying that. Um, and then, you know, that, that God just whispers on sexual immorality. No, he doesn't. And if you read through the old Testament, and the new Testament cover to cover, and you can honestly tell me, God, whispers about sexual immorality no he does not <laughs> you know hello that was one fine whisper Sodom and Gomorrah right I, I mean come on um so I, I mean I think I think the twisting I think one thing 
also on on the twist that, that sometimes questions on kind of, and I'm sure we'll hammer this a little bit more in depth in mid month. Um, but really, like, how do all you know? The, they'll twist the fact that man, there's so many different translations out there. I don't know what to believe. You know, you got the, you know, you got these new King only people that think King James is it, and you know, my my comeback to them was like, well, I love the Geneva Bible, and the Puritans love the Geneva Bible. Why'd you ever change that in the 1500s versus 1611? But that's a whole nother story. Um, but the different translations, and I think it helps. And and one thing that that Vody does in that in that link that we're going to share in that talk. Um, talks about it's not like most people think that translations happen like the telephone game that Jimmy, you tell me a secret. I tell it to Jane, Jane tells it Gigi and then, you know, it goes down the line to all of our friends and family. Right. And then it changes at the end. Well, that's not how translations work over the years, right? True biblical translations go back to the original manuscripts uh, and, and go back uh, to, to the, the partial manuscripts and, and get the early. Right. So, the different translations. So the true uh, scriptures, obviously the Greek, uh, original Greek New Testament, but the translations, uh, that's why it's really good to have a, a, a really good translation. There's some really bad ones out there. Uh, maybe we'll have an episode on that. Uh, I think we could do uh, plenty on that. Um, but um, that, that to me is how I kind of talk about the different translations. Know how translations work. Know how they go back to the original, uh, 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 at least close enough to the original, right? The manuscripts that we have. And 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 get that it from there. It's not like the telephone game. Uh, it, that, that that's just helpful uh, to know uh, on the adding to or taking away. Yeah. So examples that you might come across um, in 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 my, you know, you can ask some people just on the streets. Hey, uh, is cleanliness next to godliness in the <laughs> Bible? And a lot of them will say, Yeah, yeah, it is. But that's not in there. Let's just get that straight. Uh, I like your example from uh, first um, from John, right? In the uh, in the beginning was the Word, and mm. the Word was with God, and the Word was in the Jehovah's Witness Bible. A God. They mm. add the they add the A in front of God, make it a little G, and that's how they change Scripture. There, that's a great example of some um, changing of the Scripture so that you won't believe that Jesus is deity, right? Um, then there's God helps those who help themselves. Uh, kind of thing you know you hear that and I, I tell you what god helps those that cry out to him in their weakness mm. right that you know this whole pulling up pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and then god will notice you sounds it sounds really workspace to me but i've heard it before right and then there's you mentioned this in the in the in the in the twisting scripture part but i'm gonna say that there's a lot of people that will take matthew 7 and they'll mm. read judge not lest you be judged yourself and then they'll scratch through the rest. I've, I've, I've even seen a, a post like that on Facebook where this is how some people read the Bible. They scratch through the rest of, of, of Matthew chapter seven, because the only thing that they really want to read is judge not lest you be judged yourself. Hmm. And so um, that's taking away from the Bible. Now, I've also seen this, is my last example, the, that this is concerning to me because I, I just recently saw this on a post on Facebook that said, uh, I'm really, I'm really having a hard time believing that, Paul's writings should be in the New Testament. And I'm hmm. sitting there going, whoa, <laughs> whoa. He wrote two thirds of the New Testament for a reason. They're in the canon for a reason. Hmm. And I, I, here's the thing. What you're saying to me now, to me now is that God's sovereignty isn't at work, right? This is hmm. the thing. I believe God is sovereign. God's in control, right? Um, the, the scripture that we have, the canon that we have, is God inspired? 
right? It is, it is the 66 books that we're 39 in the old, 27 in the new. This is what we have because God gave them to us. And the writings of Paul are in there and they're in there for a reason. Remember what I just read out of, um, out of uh, first, uh, second Peter uh, three, where, where Peter is talking about Paul's writings in that he is affirming Hmm. that Paul wrote scripture, right? Inspired by God, but he wrote scripture. And uh, the fact that he filled up two thirds of the new Testament was just amazing. And the life of Paul is amazing. He, he, he died in service to the King. And so to, to think that, um, Oh, I'm going to just remove the writings of Paul because they're misogynistic. This is what some people will think, you know, he's the one that said, um, you know, controversial. I'm about to say something <laughs> controversial. Women should be silent in the church. Ask your husbands at home if there's a question that you have. But, you know, and, uh, you know, just by writing that, people want to scrap everything that Paul wrote, you know. And by the way, there's some merit in that. I mean, there's mm-hmm. something about what he wrote, and there's a reason that he wrote it. We're not going to talk about that on the Hearts for the Lost podcast right now. We're just trying to to get to a place where people understand this is the reason that people will um, doubt the Bible, twist the scriptures, add, add take away from it because they don't like what it says. And so even in evangelical circles, there will be people that, again, we talked about this last week when it said, when, when we were talking with Dr. Silvestro and we said, sometimes people will come up to us and say, brother, you're, you're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. You, you need to just tell people about God's love as if God's love is the only attribute that's found in scripture. That's not the only thing found about God in scripture. He reveals much more about his attributes in scripture than his love. His love Mm. is major. Don't get me wrong. Right. But you're taking away from it and you're taking away from the power of the gospel when you want to cut things out that should be in. Mm. And so that's, 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 um, that's uh, my take, Brian. So no, that's, that's good. I want to do a quick, um, stop. And and there's a couple of times we've used words and I want to make sure there's a word there that for a long time, I would say the first couple of years when I was evangelized, didn't understand that was the cannon, right? I thought it was a big gun that that (laughs) shot, you know, the word it got out, but you know, the cannon is is the, is is the coming together of, of the 66 books, right. And and how, if you just, and and if you get a chance and I I read this before and actually got to go through it before, I didn't know if we're going to get there or not, but uh, Michael Kruger, K-R-U-G-E-R, Michael Kruger, uh, Canon Revisited is, is an amazing book and uh, just about how uh, the Bible was put together and what went into it. And really, he broke it down a lot of pages, but um, three big areas. It was divine qualities of the writings, right? Were they in, Could they be uh, recognized as, as internal uh, divine qualities? The historical origins was two. Right. And not only the internal quality of the books, but can they look at the historical origins of these books as evidence of their unique character? And then three, was it re- was it received by God's people and, and, and was it received by the spirit filled people in the generations uh, of the time? And those were really the three is why some of the gospel of, um, you know, Thomas and some of these others that were just not um, put into the canon of Scripture uh, based on uh, the authority that was given back in the day. So, no. Uh, uh, Constantine didn't decide at 325 Council of Nicaea what books are going to be in the Bible. Um, had nothing to do, uh, that council had nothing to do uh, with the Bible. 
Um, and and uh, so that is how uh, was done early, early on, uh, how the cannon was put together. So um, again, way, way too much uh, for this little segment, but you brought up cannon. I want to make sure uh, everybody understood the cannon is, you know, the, the, the canon of scripture, how, how the six, six books uh, got uh, in and um, how were Holy Spirit inspired. Yeah. Good. That's good. Um, I, it, it brings up another question, uh, Brian. Why isn't the Gospel of Thomas in there? <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, uh, there's a few in there, man, that just are kind of whack. Uh, and plus, I, I mean, if you look at the ones that are in question, a lot of them were hundreds of years after uh, the date. So I think Gospel of Thomas was like 450 AD, maybe. It was It was late. I might be off on the on the date there, but most of them were off. Most of them had Jesus as a giant. One of them was Jesus as a giant. And um, there, there was just some that were just obviously not um, matching up with anything in scripture. Um, so yeah, that's, that's uh, but that, that book was, it, it's a great read. Um, Michael Kruger, you know, did something with Dr. James White at a G3 a few years ago on uh, the, the authenticity of scripture. So if you go back to the G3 um, on YouTube, I, I believe it was maybe 18 or 19, 2018, 2019, but they did an amazing session, um, on, uh, authenticity of scripture that I, I highly recommend. Uh, it was great. And then I got the book from that, from that talk. So. Great. Great. So at this point, Brian, we, we've, we've touched on the three, uh, things that we want to talk about, doubting scripture, twisting scripture, adding to, or taking from scripture to start us off on this questioning the Bible um episode uh, i do want to let you know people know hey you know there's going to be a deeper kind of conversation that we're going to have mid-month with uh with our guest who's our guest going to be Brian? uh we're going to have right? pastor blair radney he's also a team member on hearts for the loss and just got ordained and taken over got his mdiv last year as an associate pastor but he has been uh blessed to to be asked to uh, be a pastor uh in, in, in i don't have the name of the church sorry um we'll get that mid-month but um right yeah, we're going we're gonna to dive into a little bit deeper uh, with Pastor Radney. All right. That'd be great. And uh, so, we, you know, we had a little discussion with Blair about how's it, how it's going to go. I think, I think when, I, when I heard him talk, I said, he, he sounds like he might be a bit nervous to come on here. I don't, okay. well, I don't know why. I don't know, man. We're, we're nice guys, right, Brian? You're it a nice guy. I'm a nice yeah. guy. We're not going to hammer him. We just want to find out, man. You're a pastor now, man. <laughs> we're just street guys, right? <laughs> we, we're going to get down to brass tacks about, uh, you know, what the Bible um, you know, teaches or, or, you know, some different things. We're getting a little deeper into the subject about questioning the Bible. And, and one uh, thing I, I know we're, we're pushing it. Um, we're getting closer, but I, I, I have four uh, little verses that, that I would like to read that, that as we wrap this up, why we stand firm in the word of God, right? Why, why I think there, these ver- there's plenty, but these for me, um, second Timothy three, uh, 16 to 17, right? All scripture, the honestos, right? Is breathed out by God and profitable for what? For teaching, for reproof, for recorrection, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Massively important on what the Word of God, why the Word of God. And if you jump over to Hebrews uh, 4.12, another big one, for the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of the soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Why would you ever cast the word of God aside when you're witnessing or, 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 or sharing your faith um, just for those two, two alone? But man, 
the longest book of the Bible, uh, uh, chapter, sorry, uh, is Psalm 119. And, and man, it, it is just chock full uh, of different, but let's, let's just read 10 and 11, uh, real quick with, I'm, you know what, I'm gonna go nine. Uh, I'm changing. How can I, how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word with my whole heart? I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And if you jump over to 34 and 35, this again, Psalm 119, but you can read the whole, whole chapter. And, and it's all about the word, uh, the whole, whole chapter, but 34 and 35, give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments for I delight in it. So I just think if we can meditate and, and just know the promises of God through his word, the power of God's word and, and the authority and the structure of the Bible and how it is our everything, uh, our sword, our offensive sword, right? Our offensive weapon uh, to be able to use it uh, strategically, uh, but use it well and stand firm, press on and um, don't back down. And please don't throw it away when you're sharing your faith. That's good, Brian. That's good. Well, this has been another episode. I hope everybody that's listening to us uh, enjoyed the episode, got to learn something from it, feel a little bit more equipped afterwards, uh, trying to get you a little excited for that question. You, you know, now pray for it, that somebody would question your authority when you get it out there on the streets, you get out mm. there on the streets. Don't just pray, lead me to it and I'll do it. Open the door and I'll walk through it. Give me someone today that I might talk to about you, but then add, Hey, let them throw a question to me about the Bible mm. and its veracity because <laughs> I'm ready to tackle that now that I've listened to Brian and Jimmy kind of talk about how important it is that we don't, that we stand on the authority of the word of God and that we don't hide it. What was that Charles Spurgeon quote about the Bible? Do you remember yeah. it? Yeah, man, you, you know, you don't have to defend the Bible. Uh, it's, it, you just let it loose like a lion. Just let it loose. It'll defend itself. Right. Um, you don't have to worry about uh, and, and that that is amazing. Uh, and, and actually, it's kind of interesting. Bodie uses that line, uh, that quote also in that in that. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you haven't got the hint yet, watch the man. It's about 58 minutes. Hey, it's yeah. so powerful. Get your pen ready because you're going you're going to learn a lot. Yeah. Um, I've probably watched it. I can't tell you how many times uh, and I've shared it uh, with other evangelists. And I just did a um, um, Cornerstone Bible Church just had me uh, teach evangelism one on one just finished up this last Sunday. And, and that was one of the uh, one of the videos, man. I'm like, watch why I choose to believe the Bible by Vody Bacham. Watch uh, uh, the ultimate proof of creation by Dr. Jason Lyle and, and Paul Washer's shocking youth conference. If you watch those three, man, you will be able to answer questions. Uh, you'll be able to, to get firm uh, in your faith and, and you'll have a lot of stuff um, in that. So that, those have been three very impactful for me uh, in my walk. Very nice, Brian. Well, how can they get a hold of us, Brian? Yeah, man. Wow. We have lots of ways, right? So uh, heartsforloss.com, probably our, our website, uh, number one. Uh, you can get us on Facebook. Uh, Hearts for Lost has a, has a Facebook page on Twitter, uh, more so the podcast, H4TL, the podcast. You can also at Los Jimmy, right? That's yours. Uh, and then at B and then N-I-N-D-E uh, on Twitter. Also, uh, Jimmy, uh, his name and, and Brian's name uh, on Facebook uh, as well. If, if you friend us, um, please uh, accept also, we started a um, evangelism uh, private group page as well, uh, where we share tips, tricks, hints, scripture, prayer requests, uh, 
announcements, whatever on, on that page, but it's a private group. We're trying to protect a little bit. So got to be a friend. And then once you're a friend request, I'll, I'll, I'll invite you in. Um, but, um, yeah, those, those are the big ones. Jimmy, do you have any more or any? Well, um, no, I think you covered just about everything. We got What about the donate button, right? You like the oh, donate man, button. Oh, <laughs> man, you got me on that. All right. So, yeah. So, go, you know what? Just the website that we have uh, is, has a, a place where you can go. If you're interested in us coming out to, to, to yours and, and putting on an, an event, a compelled conference mm. uh, event at your, at your church. To, so, we can teach evangelism in the, in the morning, have lunch, and then go out in the afternoon, put it into practice, just like we did in Noblesville just a, a week and a half ago. Uh, you can, if you, if you want to do that, there's a page for you to register there. Or, hey, reach out to us um, on one of the places that, that Brian just told us, told us about. And we, we'll, we'll want to talk to you about that. Um, but secondly, go check out you know, the team uh, about us page. You know, Find out, hey, why should we even listen to these guys? Go, mm. go and look and see uh, what experiences we have, how long we've been doing this, this type of thing. But then, uh, you know, we do come out to your church on our dime, but we can't do that without donations. And so that's, that's one of the things. There is a donate button on that website. So go check out that donate button if you want to give to a good cause. This is a great cause uh, because what we're trying to do is get out there and share how to share the gospel with your friends, neighbors, family, strangers on the street, right? So we want and, to get you equipped, excited. And I, I, I just did this today, but on our website, right, heartsforloss.com, right in the middle, um, I went ahead and, and got Vody Bacham's gospel presentation from Shepherd's Conference, which is absolutely uh, blew, blew everyone away. Uh, so it's about four minutes long. If you want to hear how to put the gospel together and, and listen and just the passion uh, so it is right there. Click on it, watch it, share it with your family, share it with friends. It's on YouTube. It's okay. Um, but yeah, that, that is, I wanted to get that right in the middle of our front page of the website, man. Just, it, it is, man, that is just, I, I put that on there today. So I want, I want you guys to to look at that and share it. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Brian, um, until next time, what do they need to do? Well, have a heart and go share your faith. <laughs>